Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Here's Douglas Louise, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big clap mate, so... Hello and welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com in association with Manscaped. Today we'll be reacting to the opening day defeat to Watford and weighing at what comes next for Dean Smith's men as we approach the first home game of the season against Steve Bruce's Newcastle. I'm Andy, and I'm delighted to be joined for the second week in a row by Craig and Mark. Hey, hey, Craig Storrid here, uh, Craig Storrid on Twitter, and delighted to be here talking Aston Villa. Obviously, it was a disappointing result, but I'm still going to be positive, mostly, maybe. I'm going to try. <laughs> I will also be joining Craig as being positive. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mark Jarobi. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Jarobi. A little bit underwhelming there against Watford, but we'll get into all the stuff, what happened, what didn't happen, who we saw, selections, all that kind of fun stuff. Really, really happy to be here, Andy. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And then I was on the, uh, I managed to uh, sneak myself a ticket and I was on the away day um, with the other. 2,500 fans or so who made the uh, the trip to Vicarage Road um, on Saturday for the, the, the Graham Taylor match day. Um, there was a tremendous atmosphere around the town in the pubs and, of course, in the away end before the game with you know, spirits sky high, to be fair, to be back on the road supporting, uh, supporting the club. Um, there were debuts for, for Danny Ings, Emmy Buendia, and of course, Ashley Young making his second Villa debut um, back at the club where he, he broke through as a teenager all those years ago. Leon Bailey and Axel Twenzebe started on the bench while Ollie Watkins missed out through injury. Um, guys, were you happy with the, the team selection and, and, and the formation and that sort of thing? And how was it to see, uh, see the fans bursting full of fans again? Uh, it was great to see the fans again. Like, incredible. Um, I've really enjoyed watching football all weekend, apart from the Watford game, funnily enough. Uh, but watching the atmosphere at the Tottenham game, watching the atmosphere at the uh, Brentford game against Arsenal on Friday night really makes such a difference. I think that you almost forgot what it was like and I've really loved it. I can only imagine what it was like for you being being there, Andy. It must have been incredible. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. And, you know, obviously... You know the, the 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 atmosphere changed as the game went on, but you know it was it was fantastic to be back, um, and uh, you know and great to great to see so many Villa fans and bumped into a couple of familiar faces while I was down there as well. So it was it was great. Yeah, well, the, I was I was fine as well until the first half. <laughs> I was actually <laughs> fine with the team selection. I I, I, um, I think it was basically identical to the team that I named uh, on this very podcast last week, but the team did have. One major issue for me, which was my beautiful baby boy, Anwar. Um, whenever, as much as I love him, and we know that I do love him, um, when he lines up on the right-hand side, he has some major problems. I don't know exactly what the problem is, but he always plays really, really badly on the right-hand side, and, and Saturday was no exception. I think lots of Villa fans have pointed this out, and they know that Anwar basically is use, useless out there as much as we love him. And I'm sure that Dean Smith probably knows this too. I mean, so it was particularly odd to see Anwar on that right hand side uh, when he's you know so that was a bit of a head scratcher um, I think that Anwar should play on the left or not at all and, and, and th that performance on Saturday from Anwar is why fans get on his back but I'm not going to do that today I think Smith should know better than to play him out of position I wanted Jaden Fuller Jean Bidace to start because I think that he had been the best player of preseason. I think he earned a start, but I was happy with the team. I was happy with the formation and I thought it was a team that was good enough to win, but I was sorely mistaken, Mark. <laughs> yeah, we were, I think we were both sorely mistaken, but I, I echo those sentiments about it being a really opening, uh, great opening weekend for the Premier League. Um, I, I wasn't overly upset or overly excited with the team sheet. Um, I have a few reasons for that. It was the first game of the season. Dino had, you know, decent amount of players come in that he's got to plug in and see how the, how 
things go. I didn't think we would see Ashley Young playing on the left-hand side of the forward position to start a game, but you know that's that was a surprise. I also don't feel like Emmy Buendia is a number 10, but looks like Dean Smith wants to use him there. Again, that ties in with what Craig just said about Anwar Algazi being off the right. I don't think he he's very comfortable there. Again, just like Craig said, off the left or not at all. Um, as far as the fans, it was great to hear throughout all the games that I watched. Um, Andy was kind enough to share with him, uh, share with us some videos and pictures of of being out on an away day and everything with all the fans back in pubs. It was absolutely amazing. And also, I heard through the grapevine that the traveling Villa fans respectfully clapped for the local Watford NHS workers on the big screen at halftime, which I think is just such a classy, classy thing. It's one of the things I love about Villa supporters, no matter where they go. Um, you know, and I, I can't wait to hear what it's going to sound like at Villa Park rocking next week. But yeah, there was definitely. Some some positives to take from the opening weekend of the Premier League kicking off, but man, they they just Andy, I'm telling anybody, they just they did not look good for that opening first 45. No, they didn't, and um, I just want to pick up on that. Yeah, the, the, the Watford arranged for some uh, local um, healthcare workers, I guess, or key workers to um, to to sort of do a, a lap of honour around the edge of the pitch at half time, and um, I think there was a the thing going on on the big screen um, of people that had been lost as well and that sort of thing pictures of people that had been lost and you know it was it was it was really moving to be honest with you I was um as an NHS worker myself it was it was something that that I connected with and yeah the Villa fans were great did their part in 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 applauding everyone that walked around I mean there were loads of them to be honest it was but they carried on you know everyone carried on applauding all the way and it was it was great to see and that that you know again football um playing its part to respect the bigger picture in the outside world I think which was which was nice to see so classy touch from Watford I thought there um and yeah they were they were full of classy touches in that in that first half I think you'll agree oh um <laughs> Villa started very I, slowly <laughs> I think it was was gift wrapped these uh these uh but anyway you, you go on Andrew I'm, I'm not gonna uh, get too upset I promised myself I'm not gonna get upset today <laughs> Well, you know, this is this is the therapy session, isn't it? And um, but I mean, Watford did were extremely dangerous down down both sides, and particularly down their right hand side with Ismail Assar. Um And it didn't take him long, really, to to kind of open us up um, down there, totally skinning um, uh, and getting in behind uh, Matt Target and creating a chance for Emmanuel Denis to uh, to convert at the second attempt. Um, the ball sort of squirming underneath Martinez. It looked I was right behind the goal and it looked like he could have done a bit better with it. Um, and then um, later on, sort of just with three minutes to go before the before the, the half-time, they, they carved Villa open again down that side and, and Saar this time hit a shot, which kind of fortunately, I think, looped in off Tyro Mings over, um, over Emi Martinez. Um, both goals probably deserved but seemed seemed pretty soft to me really um but we must talk about Villa's fullbacks uh, Matty Cash and Matt Target Target was was clearly completely rinsed all half and got hooked at half time um whilst kind of Cash remained on but put in one of his his sloppy di- di- displays in a Villa shirt really um should we be at all concerned by this and this might this be something that Smith has to change in the next few weeks yeah, you know, I I can see both sides of the coin um, here, to be honest with you. Uh, Matt Cash and Matt Target had awful games. I think on one hand, you can put your arm around the lads um, and say, you know, look, guys, it was a bad day at the office. Let's forget about it and move on. But the other side of the coin is um, that this is, these are two of our senior pros now. So I think that we could probably do that with the players in our first Premier League season because we were getting beaten most weeks and you don't want to kill their confidence and the players bless them you know they were trying their best but they weren't really quite good enough for Premier League level so I think management and fans had to be forgiving I think last season we didn't really have a great deal of depth options to come in Taylor Elmo weren't really viable on at least in fullback positions so again management kind of had to be forgiving but I feel as though we have different aspirations now. I feel like we have a different standard to be set this season and that standard has to be maintained. So yeah, I think actually Matt Target and Matt Cash should be dropped, both of them. Um, but dropped is not the same thing as being written off. I've seen some bonkers takes 
on Matt Target and Matt Cash in the last few days on, on Twitter. These have been two of our star performers from last season. They didn't become bad players overnight, but I think both of them were shocking against Watford. And I think that it sets a good precedent for Aston Villa to Andine Smith to set his stall out and say, this is new Aston Villa. We want to be a big team and we're going to behave as such. So if, you know, if any of the players for the top sides play like Target and Cash did against Watford, they would expect to see on the bench next week. And I think that the players will understand that. And I think that it's good for team morale. So that the likes of uh, whether it be uh, Twanzebi or Freddie Gilbert or Ashley Young can step in and get their opportunity. Um, I don't think that failure should be rewarded uh, anymore at Aston Villa. Yeah, I, I can agree with that to a point. I just think it was a little bit of a perfect storm when it comes to target and cash on the day. I mean, how many times have, has Enwell Ghazi played in front of Matty Cash, and how many times has Ashley Young played in front of Matt Target? And I think when you have something like that that happens, it's a perfect storm to be disappointed on the day. I mean, all in all, the first 40 minutes was disjointed. It was a little bit shocking. Um, Villa looked unrecognizable in their tempo, their style of play. It almost looked like the Villa players thought, oh, Watford just came up, they'll be okay. But misplaced and lazy passes, rare supporting runs, no teamwork, no answer for his Meliasar. No, none, none of the teammates were giving Matt Target any kind of help. You know, that's up to Marvelous Nakam, but it kind of fade off wide in the midfield area to try to shut him down before he even gets the target. There was none of that. Nobody was looking out for each other whatsoever in this first 45 minutes. It was definitely shocking to see. Um, it would be, you know, an absolute understatement of the century to say that Target had a handle on Sark because he just didn't. They, he was just running around <laughs> him all day long. And But n again, no one helped him. Not even an experienced head like Ashley Young was trying to help that out. And we know how good Target can be. And I've, I've spoke previously about the fact whenever Matt Target came in the door to Villa, that he had to deal with figuring out how to play with Jack Grealish in front of him. Well, Jack Grealish is no longer here, and we can't really afford to give him the time to figure out if he's how to play with, um, you know, Ashley Young in front of him or Anwar Al Ghazi again or Leon Bailey now. We can't really afford to do that. So I I, I want to chalk it up to just a bad day at the office, but I think the the a little bit more harsher out that Craig's talking about. I think that may be justified. I think you may see Ashley Young start the game against Newcastle at left back, and maybe Matty Cash gets rotated out as well for Gilbert. But I don't know if Dino's willing to press that button this this soon into the season, Andy. I mean, do, do you think that it merits both of the fullbacks being dropped? I mean, I think I think it doesn't hurt to rotate anyway and I'm not sure how much of a, a pre-season Matt Target has had um, I think he's had a knock for most of the pre-season um, he certainly looked way off the pace and I mean when um, when the team came out when the team selection came out my assumption was that Ashley Young had been selected there you know to, to offer that extra bit of protection against Saar but there was no evidence of that there was no evidence of, of Ashley Young particularly helping helping Matt Target out there and it was kind of left to, to target and Mings to try and um, try and handle this guy. And he, I mean, he, he's 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 a superb player. You know, you you really got to um, you know, be right on him. And uh, and Villa Villa just weren't the the intensity wasn't there from the whole side. And I mean, you know, Cash and Target were targeted, weren't they? And and um, you know, they lost they lost their battles unfortunately, and and it, and it really showed. Now. Um, you know, I do think that that sometimes you have to react, and you have to um, in the Premier League. You can't you can't be just taking taking chances too much. And they've got players there, Axel's there, ready to step in at right back. When Ashley Young played at uh, stood in at left back, um, when Target went off, Villa were Villa looked a, a lot more secure down that side. So these are options they've got to look at. And if you've got players that are out of sorts. Other teams will just target them, you know. And there's 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 no getting away from that. Unfortunately, they that you know they may have um, uh, lost their place slightly. I think target more so than cash. I, I just think he he you know he, he would have been having PTSD from from two two years ago. Um, he was he was absolutely rinsed. He was nowhere near it, and uh, he looked like the player. Um, that we were all quite worried about two years ago. I thought I don't know I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, he did. He did, and um, and and maybe that's not necessarily Target's fault, as you say. He had interrupted uh, 
preseason uh, preparations with the injury. I'm not sure what Cash's excuse is, but we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. I think that Target really um, was left vulnerable to your part, uh, your point, Mark. I don't think Marvelous was covering him and helping them out. But also there has to be some in-game management from the player and there has to be some kind of coordination with the bench. I think as, as Dean Smith, if you can see that Target is either unfit or, you know, having a bad day, maybe his kid's sick or something, I don't know. You know, there can be all kinds of reasons why someone's head isn't the right place. You know, we've seen the top managers again, and we're talking about Villa trying to transition into a top team. We've seen the top managers uh, make change after 20 minutes, after 30 minutes. You know, there's no reason why, other than to save face, that uh, Dean Smith would keep Matt Target on until half time. And actually, as Andy said, they scored the second three minutes before the end. If, if, Target was was pulled off uh, after half an hour and Ashley Young was put in and Ramsey and the team solidified up. Maybe we're talking about three points here today or at least a point rather than a defeat. So I think that whatever was wrong with Target, I don't think that he's become a bad player overnight. But I do think that if he's not fit or if he's not in the right mental frame of mind, he should be um, taken out of the firing line until he's until he's ready, basically. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think Ashley Young did a pretty damn good job back there. Whenever he got you know put back to left back, and you know we all know that he has a history of playing there. You know, as he started the age in his career, so I, I wasn't upset about it. I, I generally was a little curious to how he would um, respond to Target, you know, going into the room, and then you know decides to put Ashley Young back there. So yeah, I had I had no complaints about it. A lot of people, you know had a little bit of digs about his age does he have the legs under him still he looks like he's in amazing shape you know he was he was getting up and down the pitch really really well um so yeah i I have no problems with him being the backup left back in a pinch you know none none whatsoever and it seemed like some there there were a few smatterings out there of some villa supporters um on twitter saying that they don't know if he's actually going to play there this and that like i said at the intro i was surprised to see him in in a left forward role i really was i i i was i i i i I don't think Saar had a kick in the second half when Ashley Young was there. No. Unless I'm missing it. Was it. Much it was, less, it was different, it? right? Yeah. He really shut him down. So, um, so yeah. So, but again, to the earlier point, maybe Dean Smith could have made that change after half an hour. We don't concede the second goal and maybe we're having a different conversation here. So maybe it falls on the manager to make those tough calls and say, Matt, Target, I love you, mate, but <laughs> for whatever reason, you're having a nightmare and I'm going to protect you and protect the team. We're going to bring you off after 25 minutes because it's just not working today. That would have been extremely un-Dean Smith-like. I mean, in, in the past, we've been saying he doesn't he doesn't make substitutions early enough. Sometimes it's 70, 75 minutes before he... He corrects correct something, isn't it? You know, it's it, but he's got more options now, and it shouldn't be such a big call. And at the end of the day, I mean, no one wants to be. None of these players want to be, you know, pulled off before half time. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they'll they'll probably thank the manager in the long run because so much damage can be caused, as we saw, as you've said. You know, they they went on conceded the the second goal, and that was that gave us a real mountain to climb in the second half. Then and. Uh, you know they made the changes then, but it, it just it was just a bit a bit too little, too late really um, at, th- at that stage. And um, just a quick point about Matty Cash as well. I put a tweet out, out uh, about Matty Cash quoting the Greg Evans article from the uh, Athletic that Cash gave the ball away more on Saturday, I think twenty six times than any other player, and um, and I, I think I got a little bit of, a little bit of heat for that. But I mean that's just what happened. He he kept giving the ball to the opposition. I think someone was trying to blame Al Ghazi. And I made the point, look, I could be playing in front of him. That doesn't mean you need to give it away um, almost 30 times to the opposition. So Matt Cash as well has to have a long, hard look in, look in the mirror because, you know, that's not going to be good enough moving forward. And again, I'm not saying the players aren't good enough. I think they are good enough. I think they had a bad day at the office. But you have to have at least a base level, I would say, as an Aston Villa player at this point, which is which is above that. I think that was was pretty poor from both of them on Saturday. Yeah, I mean Villa were were somewhat more in control second half with with like we say Ashley Young moving moving to left back left back and uh, Jacob Jacob uh, Jacob Ramsey, easy for me to say, um, <laughs> providing an extra man in midfield. Um, this initially seemed to be helping with the the introduction then of uh, Leon Bailey also um, providing a bit of extra threat. However, on sixty five minutes. Chucho Hernandez, who'd only been on the pitch for about a minute, curled a, a delightful shot past Martinez in off the post um, to put the game to bed, essentially. 
Um, it was terrible timing as there was a, a feeling that Villa might begin to create some opportunities. Um, and indeed, two minutes later, John McGinn, you know, powered in a, a, a volley from a Bailey cross, which was a goal which I thought on another day would have been absolutely lauded by everyone because it was a, a superb um, finish, cross and finish. Um, but um, again, you know, a bit too little, too late. Yeah, I think it was a lovely goal by John McGinn. Full credit to John McGinn. That's what he's capable of. And um, it's good to see that uh, I saw I saw an article about him that he's put down the beer and the uh, and the iron brew in this summer and he's, he's taken his nutrition a little bit seriously, a little bit more seriously, shall we say, so he can come back in tip-top form. And he said he's in the best shape that he's been in in two years. And I think that finish org as well for John McGinn, who I did think played well, although he was plowing a, a lonely furrow in that uh, midfield. But... Um, I think Watford aren't a good side, Andy. I think, but as not good as they are, you can't give any team in this league a two or three goal head start and expect anything but a, a chastening defeat. I think I said this after the game at Southampton last season that we, we, we spoke about, right? It was, I think Villa were 4-0 down that, that day before they decided to wake up. And, and I always say, if Aston Villa need to score two, three or four goals every week to just win a game of football, then we will be going nowhere fast. I think that our foundation last season, our success last season was built on that rock solid back five and those 15 clean sheets. I think Dean Smith's teams will always score goals. So I'm not really worried about that. I think it will 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 gel, but we can't make it as easy as we did on Saturday for, for teams to score against us. We've got to be hard to beat. We've got to be hard to score against. We've got to be a lot more dogged than we were on Saturday. And I, and I think we will be. I think we will be moving forward. Yeah, you can't be going around gifting goals in the Premier League and expect to get anywhere worth the trouble. Um, I, I do just want to say that that Chucha Hernandez goal was absolutely wonderful. Like if I got gifted, if I got a gift like that for Christmas, I'll be the happiest man in the entire world. But it really comes down to they can't, Villa knows they can't play like that again. And Dean Smith, you know, it came out that he told the players at halftime that they were playing at the tempo of an international friendly, and he wasn't wrong about that. I mean, you can actually go back and watch the game. I watched it live, and then I watched it when I came back from work at the night. It was, it was, it was not great. And not, not to go overboard on the first game, and I'm, you know, I'm just hoping that maybe some players like Mings and Ings and maybe even Ashley Young can have a word with their respective ranks about maybe a little bit more of a higher work rate, getting into the game well before the second half after after conceding goals like you just you can't do this it's just a it's just a little it was just disheartening to see and you know I I like the fact of you know he made the changes and I like that the way that Leon Bailey looked for the John McGinn goal you know it won't be remembered but it was a nice goal um I like that Jacob Ramsey came on and had a spark did I mean did either of you guys think that that he looked all right coming on because I, I was really impressed with how Jacob Ramsey kind of you know took his chance whenever he came on the pitch yeah I think um I think he certainly did. I just think providing that extra man in midfield kind of changed the game, and he did look um, look very good. And he was making some inroads. I think with Jacob Ramsey, he's still got that issue when it gets into that final third. That just that that little bit of kind of clinical quality that would um, kind of set him apart, really. But in terms of his what he does off the ball, but also. You know, when he gets into possession, he's he's very neat and tidy, and he's very um, sort of measured with his with his possession, and he's skillful as well. Um, he's 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 a he's a really good player. If you could just add that that final ball, um, which would set him apart, I think he would he, he'd be in the side. I think he'd be in the team um, every week. Um, I, I think what I was going to say, I was just picking up on John McGinn there. I thought he again. I thought the midfield got an awful lot of criticism. Um, you know, and and they, you know, they were overrun a bit in the first half, but I do think McGinn played well. I think he definitely offered us something. Um, but I want to ask you guys about Buendia um, because I don't know about you. I was, I know it's first game and everything, but I was expecting a bit more. Yeah, I think um, I think Buendia had a bad game. I think I'm much more willing to not even saying anything too negative about Buendia because it's his first game so he gets a bit of a free pass from me um Matt Cash Matt Target a little bit different but I think Buendia seemed to be um I'm I'm gonna put it down to nerves I think Mark made a point earlier I think that he's not necessarily a central number 10 I think he played his best football on the right hand side for Norwich which is difficult at Villa because we have uh 
We have Traore, who came on and was brilliant. We have uh, Bailey, who prefers to be on that side as well. But I think Brendia, he seemed nervous. He was taking too long on the ball. He wasn't finding... Uh, we, we, we count on him to find the difficult passes, I think, or we're going to count on him this season. He wasn't even finding the simple passing. So I think he was trying too much, perhaps, uh, against Watford. And I think he just needs to settle in, keep it simple and um, and, and, and bed in a little bit more because um, we all know what kind of quality he has, but definitely a debut to forget for Buendia. Yeah, I think nerves might have played into a little bit. And like I said, I don't think he's a 10. I wouldn't play him there personally. It's just me. He's only played as a number 10 in his entire career on 36 occasions. He's played on the right wing 118 occasions. I know where his experience lies, and it's off the right-hand side of that pitch. I know what Craig said about we have a wealth of people who can play on that side, but I just I, I think you have to find another option. I, I think he has to start there. I would like to see that against Newcastle personally. I'd like to see him start on the right flank instead of as a number 10. I would maybe give Jake. Ramsey, you know, turn uh, if, if he really wanted to play there as 10. I think he has the ability to, but like Andy was just saying, it just seems like the lights go out when he gets anywhere near the opposition's 18-yard box. He's very tidy in the middle of the field, Jacob Ramsey, but it seems he had that one scuff chance at Watford where it looked like he was trying to cross it when he definitely had room enough to put it on his right foot and try to make a shot on that, but I think with Bendia, it's, it wasn't a great wasn't a great debut. I, I think that's going to be a rarity this season, but you know, you got to put your aces in places, and for me, Wendy is definitely his space is coming off the right. I think with JJ as well, just to add a point about him, I think that he, I think he's a lovely player, by the way. I think that he receives the ball well under pressure. He's got a little burst of pace as well to get away from a challenge. He rides challenges quite well. He seems like he's bulked up a little bit. And I remember him being, or for me, he was always billed as, as, as a number 10 with an eye for goal. I think when he was on loan, uh, Doncaster, he might not be Doncaster. Doncaster yeah. Was it Doncaster? Mm. Oh, wow, there we are. It was, yeah. When he was at Doncaster, um, it, it was it was cut short because of COVID, but I remember him, he's banging in goals, he's, he's doing assists, certainly he's done that for the under-23s. So uh, he doesn't look, he, he didn't look like a number 10 at any point last year. And maybe he needs a goal, maybe he needs a loan, but there's definitely something there. And obviously Dean Smith likes him because the likes of our mate uh, Connor Harahan, um, you know, didn't even make the bench. And um, so JJ, I think he's here to stay, but I think maybe, maybe he just needs a goal or maybe he needs to be uh, a deeper, maybe he's going to turn into a number eight rather than a number 10, but he definitely made a difference coming on. I think he helped the team on uh, Saturday. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Villa, Villa, did continue to create little openings um, to try and get back back into it. Um, and obviously the introduction of, of Bertrand Traore, as you said, added added some of that missing guile to the attack. Um, and it was kind of seven minutes, I think, into injury time. Um, Traore actually broke into the box and, and won the penalty, um, which uh, Danny Ings dispatched to open his, his Villa account. Of course, as we say, it's a hugely disappointing defeat on the first day after such a build-up as well. Um, but how encouraging was the reaction from the players um, from an attacking perspective, perhaps more so, particularly when you look, you know, we've we've still got Watkins to return. Um, Bailey and Buendia will, will, will obviously get more time under their belts and, you know, other players perhaps to come back in midfield as well. Craig, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm a believer in Dean Smith. Everyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows that I buy into Dean Smith. I buy into his philosophy. Dino's teams will always score goals. And I think, you know, it's really mouthwatering. You know, the, the names Traore. I've always fancied Traore as a number 10, as, as you know, other, other long-time listeners will know. So that could be a, a way to get to Traore, Bailey and Wendia into the same team if Wendia goes on that right-hand side. But I never worry about Dean Smith team scoring goals. It's just what Dean Smith does. Scott Hogan's a 30 goal season and striker in a Dean Smith team. Don't worry about Dean Smith and Villa attacking. They're gonna the, the Villa engine will purr and hum and score goals. So I'm not worried about the attack. It might take some time for them to get to know each other, but but we're gonna be fine going forward. But again, what I do worry about with Smith Dean Smith teams, other than Project Restart and the first half of last last season. We've always been liable to concede a goal, and seeing us like that again against Watford on Saturday, that concerns me because I don't think we want to be doing these basketball games um, that we were trying to do in the first season. I think that, you know, teams will punish you, even teams like Newcastle, who we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, they have the players in Callum Wilson and, and Willock and St. Maximum to really hurt you on the counter attack. So I just want us to have more control and that could come into 
that could come into play with with some signings we might be talking about as well. But I just want the team to build from the back like it did last year. It might sound boring, but I just want us to be solid to start with and then let's grow from there. Yeah, I think right now it's the it's the hardest thing to get and the easiest thing to lose is patience. And I think that we have to practice a little bit of that with this group, with all these players. I'd say all these players, like we didn't have that transfer season a couple couple seasons ago. But, you know, I, it's they're in important positions this time, and we know their quality. I think everything's going to pan out. I'm not getting too low on the result against Watford in general. Um, again, I'd, I'd like to get Bailey a start against Newcastle. Um, I think it's interesting talking about Bertrand Traore as a number 10. I think that that would be really fun to see. I think that he's that kind of, you know, just sly player that Villa could definitely use in the middle of the pitch with, you know, Nakamba, Louise, or McGinn behind them. Um, I'm just not sure if they would, if Dino would do that for the simple fact that just Traore is just incredibly one footed. He's gotten better at it. I've seen it. I even seen it when he came on against Watford. He's getting better at using his right foot, but you know, it, it remains to be seen. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about as patient as you can find when it comes to a supporter. So I, I think everything's going to be all right. It's just going to, it's not going to be automatically overnight. These players act like they've played with each other for, you know, years and years. I'm, 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 I'm pretty, um, pretty steadfast on knowing that Dean Smith knows what's going on. The defense, I think will sort itself out as well. I think there was just a lot of nerves. You're starting off on the road at Vicarage road. You know, that's, that's not a great, fun place to play sometimes you know those fans can get loud too and they, Watford has exciting things going on they have the new manager they have players like as Melly Sars we've seen so I just think that it was just one of those days you just try to chalk it up you forget it you, you move on but you know I, I still have massive trust in Dean Smith I, I think I think I think you're right um and I mean we can talk about systems and personnel and, and all that sort of thing can't we and players that have got to come back but ultimately the, the attitude was wrong at the start of that game, wasn't it? Um, it was like they they felt like they they were they thought they could they could manage the game um, and keep keep Watford at arm's length at half pace and grow into the game, and that's a massive mistake to make. And 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 they were they were duly punished. Um, and they you know once you start if you start with a low tempo and a bit a bit you know lacking that intensity a bit lackadaisical it's hard to get going again it's hard to to build that back up they that's when you have to the manager then has to make changes and try and inject something but um i just felt that you know if again they could turn up like that against newcastle on saturday and and it, it, you know they could they could get done over there as well attitude is so important and this is something that we've we've not really had an issue with um with dean smith um, Dean Smith teams and I'm not surprised he laid into them at half time because it was turgid absolutely turgid um, but there was a reaction second half which I was pleased about um, I wouldn't have been overly surprised if they just got a couple of early goals and got back in but that, that third goal just killed us and um, you know it's, it's it, it, it was it was a hard one to take when that third goal went in and um, Vicarage Road was absolutely bouncing and we're sat there <laughs> sort of <laughs> looking, looking miserable um you know but they were i mean that fair play they were enjoying themselves they're back in the premier league um back at the ground and 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 loving life but um yeah it was a tough one to take um as a villa fan there that day and um who knows who knows but i mean obviously we've got We've got Newcastle up next and Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. Um, what do you reckon, Craig, Manscapers? Oh, well, Mike Ashley, I think, has a rugged charm. And old Brucey, I don't think, has seen any uh, any any manscaping action probably for the best part of 35 years. Uh, back to his old Trafford days uh, when he was a, a, a younger man. In fact, thinking about Steve Bruce's nether regions is, is a little bit upsetting. But let's talk about <laughs> the rest of your nether regions uh, listeners out there, ladies and gentlemen. Because, as I said last week, the, the numbers are in and our listeners, you guys listening to us right now, have been manscaping this summer in record numbers. You have gone to www.manscaped.com. You have used our promo code, which is LAMP, L-A-M-P, to get your 20% off and your free shipping. And so here is what I have done. Today, I have opened my DMs. Yes, I want you to slide in my DMs. No dick pics, please. 
I want you to tell me your manscaping stories this week, okay? Tell me your manscaping stories and I'm going to keep them anonymous. I will let the read listeners know next week who has the most successful manscaped story. So I want to know that you use the manscaped products, that you use the ball deodorant or you use the ceramic blade 3.0 to trim your special man area and what kind of magical action you had this summer. And I will read it next week on the show. So you can DM me at Craig Storrid. I want to know about the lamping that you've been doing in this <laughs> summer using our promo code LAMP, L-A-M-P. All right. So in the meantime, if you haven't joined in the fun yet and you haven't been manscaping, well, guess what? If you're going back to university, if you're going back to school, Freshers is around the corner. So get fresh, get fresh, Get fresh for freshers. You know what I mean? So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LAMP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. All right. I look forward to your messages. No dick pics, please. Before we move on, I would just like to add, I believe that the... uh what, where am I at here on Manscaped? Oh, yeah, the, the Lawnmower 4.0, I believe, is now available in England. You guys were rocking with the 3.0 for too long. I actually just got the Performance Package 4.0 from the website the other day. You get the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, the Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, and Magic Mats, which are disposable shaving mats, in one package. I can't recommend it enough. There's some really cool stuff. And also, as free gifts, you get a travel bag and a pair of Manscaped boxers in your size use lamp get some money save some money shave your balls feel better it's summer baby do what you got to do thank you very much guys your, your balls will thank you guys just um bear that in mind and uh look if it's good enough for steve bruce it's good enough for you so uh so get on get get on that okay <laughs> the um moving on to the you know obviously looking ahead to this this weekend um the huge elephant in the room um, is, sorry, I was going to say something about Steve oh, hey, Bruce. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, you're going to talk about huge elephants after our Manscaped ad. That's, that's some pretty, that's some pretty, pretty uh, damning stuff there, Mr. Bates. See, I said dick pics too many times, and now Andy's thinking about all of your trunks, you see. It, yeah. uh, this I, has gone off the rails very quickly. It's gone off the rails. It's gone, but we'll pick it back up again. Um, the elephant in the room continues to be the lack of presence and quality in the midfield. Um, we've had uh, McGinn and Nakamba in there against Watford. Um, it is an area which which has needed addressing throughout the summer, really, and, and, and last season as well. Um, and this match has only highlighted the problems um, Villa have had retaining possession and progressing the ball effectively. Does this problem need resolving, do you think, in the transfer market before the 31st of August? Um or will kind of returning midfielders, Douglas Louise is back in training this week, Morgan Sanson, Jacob Ramsey, etc., um, improve this issue for us, Craig? Yes, yes, they will. Douglas Louise is back. He is back, back, back. And boy, was I happy to see him. And I think he will improve the issue. I think Sanson as well will improve the issue, but I'm not sure they solve the issue because I think the issue is a dominant number six that can destroy and progress the ball. And I think I may be in the minority, but I do really have high hopes for Morgan Sanson this season. I think he will become a key player for Aston Villa, and I think he will pleasantly surprise a few people. Douglas Louise, oh, he could be my second beautiful baby boy, but only second after Anwar. Um, Douglas Louise is a Rolls-Royce. I believe he's a Rolls-Royce. I think we've been using our Rolls-Royce to plough a farmer's field, and I think it's been the misuse of the Rolls-Royce. But Dougie has the vision, he has the passing range, he has the technical quality, um, and he's now got two seasons of Premier League football under his belt. Two full seasons. Not to mention he is an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. So um, people do have short memories, I think, when it comes to Douglas Louise. He was our absolute standout player during Project Restart, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't the uh, the man who we will not speak of. It was Douglas Louise. Uh, so make no mistake, Villa would have been relegated that summer. Uh, was it last summer? Yeah, it was, 2020, yeah, it uh, was. without Douglas Louise. <laughs> Goodness me, time flies. Uh, but the balance has been wrong in midfield for a while. Everyone can see it. I think Dean Smith can see it too. I think the bids for Ward-Prowse demonstrate that, that Villa do want to do something in midfield. And maybe that missing magic 
elixir is Ward Prowse. Maybe it's Pape Sarr, who's been linked, I think, with with Liverpool and Manchester United today. Uh, maybe it's Czech uh, um, Decore or, or Andre Nguisa from from Fulham. But we only have a few short days left of transfer in, transfer window, so it won't be long before we find out. But I think we need another person in there who isn't marvelous, Nakamba. Sorry, marvelous. I think so too. And the combo looked largely nervous in the first half and somewhat of the second half for me. Um, but it could have just been one of those days again. Maybe it was just nerves. But I mean, Nakamba, he, he lost 10 individual duels. He finished the match with a 5.8 average match rating. It doesn't take a mathematician to realize that that is not very good. Um, so I, I think that Villa do need a midfielder. And my opinion's kind of changed on this a little bit. I wasn't sure if we actually needed one. But after seeing that, and I know it's one game and it's the opener and you're away from home and all those kind of things. I don't know if I necessarily need to have James Ward-Prowse come in the door, but I do think that Villa need this kind of like big, hulking, somewhat mean midfielder in the ranks. I don't think Douglas Louise really has like a violent bone in his body. He is a violent, uh, you know, a very like vibrant kind of person, but I don't think he can be mean on his day. I think we kind of need someone who's, and I'm not saying we need to go out and find the next Roy Keane or anything like that. I just want someone who's going to be a little bit harder in the midfield, take take the risk with a harder tackle if it's going to produce a play, things like that. But again, Douglas Louise is coming back he could really really be riding a high right now with coming off the olympics and getting gold for his country we know how much douglas louise loves being brazilian and all the things that that brings as far as football culture he's talked about it before previously even before he was at villa he would talk about that it means a lot to him to represent his country so he might be riding the the highest high he is right now as a as a professional football player and i think that we need to cash in on that a little bit and i think we need to start him against um against newcastle again it's no knock on the combo he just didn't look great the stats weren't great his body language wasn't wasn't anything great um he made that one nice little through ball. I can't remember who was on the end of it, but that was really about it. It was pretty underwhelming in the central of the pitch. And if Villa really going to make uh, an actual run to have a really, really good Premier League season, I'm not sure that Marvelous Nakamba is the answer in midfield. So I'm, I'm looking at Louise or maybe someone else. But now even then, you're talking about a log jam, and it's starting to define logic a little bit of why Connor Horahane's still here. And again, it's not a mean thing. I said it last week. I love him and everything he's done for the club. But you bring in another midfielder, it starts to get it starts to get about as tight as a phone booth in there. I think maybe that's why he's still there. Just just um, whilst we we maybe get something over the line. Um, you know, he's he's obviously an important player, important squad player. And if if you do suddenly lose a couple of players in that area, you know he'll come in and do and do a job. Um, but I, I I think he's possibly still there whilst. Um, whilst Villa maybe sort something out. It's an interesting one because I was thinking the other day that this idea that we need a kind of this big number six, um, I'm not sure that's that's really what we want. I think the the idea is to is to is to be better on the ball and, and to be keeping the ball rather than necessarily having to win it back or stop a transition. So I think you know, obviously Ward Prowse would would fit into that category. I don't think we're going to get Ward Prowse now. I think he played for Southampton, didn't he, on Saturday? And I'd be very, very surprised if if they if they let him go at this stage. I think that was perhaps one we had we'd have had to have got done a lot earlier. Um, but I I am excited about Douglas Louise coming back. I think. He's got certain attributes that the the other players don't have, and I think as well as obviously his passing and and he, he can break up the play. I think just that ball carrying ability, that that ability to cut through the midfield um, with a run, is something we're we're going to miss. Um, you know, with 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 Grealish not being there, he he is a ball carrier, or he, he has the ability to carry the ball through through the press. So I think I think he's he's an he's an excellent. Um, He'll be an excellent addition, I think. You know, get him in that side as soon as possible. And I mean, Morgan Sanson's just just an unknown quantity as far as we're concerned. Um, I'm sure, sure, Craig, your your mate in Marseille would 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 tell us that he's uh, he's got to play, and you know, he he put him straight in there. But he's he's a, an unknown in the Premier League, really, isn't he? And um, I'm just hoping that that six months of being at the club. Um, kind of bonus months if you like um from signing him in january will will have stood him in good stead i don't know what you think 
Yeah, I think he's got to get fit first. I think obviously he's had uh, some 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 ongoing knee issues, and it's taken a while for that to 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 get fixed. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest things that you need as a footballer is availability. We all know about the players who uh, who aren't available for the full season and what that can do to a club. I mean, we may have just sold one of those guys, um, um, so that's interesting. But um, I, he needs to get fit. I believe in I believe in Sanson. He's he's not the destroyer type of midfielder, but he definitely can keep hold of the football. He's definitely combative. He definitely will use the football in a good way. He can pop up with a goal. He can pop up with an assist. And I think he he could be something someone really important for us. But. I think we still do need an upgrade um, on on Marvelous. I think that Marvelous. I think we have to see Marvelous when we're under the cosh. We're not going to have much of the ball because I think he's probably the best at just breaking up play, winning it back, and and playing a, a three yard ball. I think anything more than that, if you ask him to carry, if you ask him to make the play, you can just see, you can see it on the guy, and I feel for him because I, I think he seems like a lovely man. He, you can see, as, 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 as Mark said, you know, he's just nervous. His body language is nervous. He's not comfortable doing that. He wants to win it and give it to his mate. And maybe, this is a maybe now, as we progress to the next level or try to progress to the next level, maybe just having that one side of the game being the, the destroyer uh, that he is isn't, isn't going to be enough for us moving forward. And maybe we need someone that can do both sides of the game um, a little bit better. I think so too. And again, like I, I, I have a lot of promise for, you know, Douglas Louise coming back and not saying he's going to be a cure all, not saying he's going to, you know, come in and absolutely set the world alight. I think he knows what his job is at Aston Villa. I think he relishes in knowing what his job is at Aston Villa. And that is to carry the ball forward. We definitely missed out on that against Watford. We missed out on that when Louise hasn't been available for selection, but you have to think like, it's going to take some time probably for Dougie to get up to speed too. He's been playing football pretty much all summer. You know, he's part of the Confederation cup squad. He's just coming off the Olympics, you know, just thinking about how much he played in the the Olympics outside of the groups. He played 90 minutes against Egypt. He played 115 minutes against Mexico that went to penalties and they won. And then he played 120 minutes against Spain. So, you know, it's it, that, that wasn't a pretty, pretty decent amount of time, but like still he, he didn't get any respite. There was, there was no, there was no resting or recovery when it comes to that. So when he does come back, we might not be seeing him even in the best light, but you know, it is good to have a player of his caliber back because, you know, not, not too long ago, we were thinking that he was going to be off to Man City and he was going to replace Fernandinho and you know now it's now he's an Aston Villa player and and we have to definitely take notice of, of what he actually does you know he does have off games we've seen it before there's been times where his passing seems outrageous but man just just give me that Douglas that Douglas Louise who scored that wonderful goal against Norwich again and I'll, I'll be really happy oh absolutely and you know we it's so easy to forget we there is a massive recency bias with being a football fan isn't there and um, it's so easy to forget, you know, how I think you said it last week, Craig. How how terrified we were that he was going to leave us, and uh, you know, and we could do nothing about it essentially. But um, he 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 did drop off, and we're going to have at least another season from him, I, I, I presume. And I'm 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 very excited about it because I think he's get he he will improve, and I think the 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 down periods that he's had. Will will stand him in good stead. I think he'll. I think he'll. He'll come in, and whether he'll, he'll he will play more as an eight um, in in future, who knows? We, we you know we'll just have to see. But I think he's got the lot, and I think he's going to be a, a really really top footballer um, for us. But on Saturday, the um, freshly manscaped Steve Bruce will bring his Newcastle team to to Villa Park. Um, themselves on the back of a 4-2 defeat at West Ham over the weekend. Both teams obviously will be desperate to get to get some points on the board and and Bruce will certainly be out to to get one over on 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 Villa in front of 40,000 Villa fans um on Saturday. Villa will be kind of hoping that uh, that the Ollie Watkins is back and and maybe even Louisa and Sanson as we as we've seen maybe pushing for starts as well. But guys, just just talk me through any changes you want to make to this one, or either with the, the personnel or or with the system, Craig. Well, the system was a, a shambles in the first half against uh, Norwich, uh, Norwich against Watford, even uh, as we know. So I wouldn't return to that. I think that uh, we the four two three one 
did not work. That doesn't mean it will never work, but I think to go back to it so soon would be um, foolhardy. I think we looked much more solid in for in the four four three that we came out into the second half. A second half which we did win two one actually with a wonder goal from the young uh, Watford player making his debut. So I would certainly play four three three, and it might sound very boring, but I would say that Villa need to do a little bit of a better job of keeping it tight. And, um, you know, just while we're betting the side together, as I said earlier, I don't want to see any more kamikaze football, no more basketball games, no no more getting caught um, with the, you know, our, our fullbacks in the penalty area while the other team go up the other end and score. Let's just be, be a little bit more solid. Yes, I know it's quote unquote only Newcastle, but Newcastle have weapons that can hurt us. All right. So Maximum is excellent. He is excellent. He's even better than he was before. He was great against uh, West Ham uh, on Sunday. I watched that game. He was incredible. Um, and if we give the freedom uh, that we gave to Saar to St. Maximum, he will really hurt us too, just as Saar did. We also know Callum Wilson is good for a goal. Joe Willock carries a goal threat as well. And, um, you know, we're talking about midfielders with limitations. One of Newcastle's midfielders with limitations is John Joe Shelby, um, who's one of the least athletic Premier footballers, Premier League footballers you'll ever see. But what John Joe Shelby does have is some serious passing range. So again, we can't just let him ping balls. You know, someone needs to get tight to him. Someone needs to get in his face. And I think the 4-4-3 with McGinn as an advanced kind of eight, eight and a half is perfect for that. He won't give John Joe Shelby, won't know what to do with him. And certainly John Joe Shelby won't be able to deal with uh, uh, um, McGinn's attacking intent. So I would go with 4-4-3. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Is that is that the formation you'd go with or would you stick with the 4 2 3 ones? I would go 4-3-3, but I don't think Dean Smith's going to do that. I think Dean Smith's going to keep that five at the back, Craig, and you're not going to like it, but I think that's the way it's going to go. I think it's going to go Emmy Martinez, Matty Cash, Matt Target, Mings, and Kansa. I think that'll be the way it goes. I think he switches up a little bit. I think Louise does come back. I think it's too early for Watkins. He has a bruised knee. I think they'll give him some time. Um, so I think we'll see Danny Ings again. And I, like I said at the beginning, Bailey on the left, Bundy on the right. Year ten, you can either pick it as Rams or you can try to, you know, put put a little bit of a, a dark horse in there, however you'd like. But I think that Dean Smith's going to keep the system the same. I think he's going to keep the uh, fullbacks the same, just for the fact of like, hey, I trust you guys. It was a bad day at the office. Let's see if we can go again. But what Craig said about the the Newcastle game that just came up against West Ham, I mean, they lost four two, but it, it, the stats don't say that that should have been a four two game. It was very very even. There are weapons there. Um, and again, like Craig said, with with John Joe Shelby, Mister Voldemort himself um he, he he has a range of passing that defies what he looks like as a person um that might be a little shallow that might be a little shallow for me to say but it's it's true he has he he can pick out a pass and you know it's, it's usually going to mr saint because he manscapes his eyebrows i don't know i don't think he ever had eyebrows i think he came out oh. I, I think he came out bald and just stayed that way Okay. Oh my God! Am I gonna have to find a picture of him with hair? Does that exist? All right, I'll, I'll, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to look and find out because that would just that would just make me giggle. But yeah, I I honestly, Craig, and I hear what you're saying about the fullbacks. Hear what you're saying about the system. But I think Dino is gonna be like it was one game, boys. Let's go again. This is what we need to work on. Let's let's go and do it. But I'd be very very surprised to see Marvelous in the combo on that pitch against Newcastle. Yeah, I think I think I would too, and I think I, I think I would be surprised if um, if if we saw Target as well. I think Ashley Young will definitely come in at left back, and I think I mean, you know, I'd be inclined to bring in Axel at, at right back as well, and you know, really firm up those positions, and and you know, maybe these guys just need a bit of a a bit of a um, a reset. Um, that's from, all your from, love for Freddie Gobert coming out. I know you love Freddie Gobert. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, if 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 obviously he's, he's what is he down to fifth choice now? I think um, behind Twanzebi, Konza, Cash. Now Kessler's gone, hasn't he? I, I, he's maybe up to fourth choice. <laughs> I think I, I, I know you love him. Back. <laughs> I know you love him. <laughs> Look, I think I think let's let's see. I think I, I mean my honest opinion is I, I'm sure Gilbert will be going out on loan or, or being sold. I, he's he's nowhere near it, is he? Um, but uh, uh, it would take a, a, a catastrophic um, injury crisis, I think, for him to get a game at, at Villa and. Um, he he needs to go and play like he did last season, I think, and 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 continue to kick on with his career. 
Um, so that that would be fair enough. But I would go four three three as well. I think we need that extra player in midfield, and um, I'd be inclined to bring Douglas Louise um, in alongside McGinn and and, and one other. Um, maybe Nakamba will keep his place or or, or whatever, and then I'd go with um, Buendia, Bailey, and Ings up front. Um, and 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 obviously, if Watkins is is fit, he can come. He can go on the bench. But um, I think it's, uh, it's changes will be needed. Um, you can't have a performance like that and not make changes. It sends completely the wrong message. You need to you need to be tough about it, like Craig was saying at the start. I think. Um, yeah, I've I've got changes everywhere. I've got Martinez. I've got Konza at right back. I've got Twinzebi or or Horse um, partnering with Mings at centre half. So I, I'd play Konza right back rather than Twinzebi. Uh, I've got Ashley Young at left back. I've kept Marvelous um, and then Louise and McGinn in front of him. And then I've gone for a front three of Troyore, Ings, and Bailey with Buendia um, taking a seat on the bench just to calm down a little bit um, after his rather erratic performance. I think Traore and, and, and Bailey deserve to, both deserve to start. I think Traore was wonderful when he came on. I think Bailey was wonderful. I think Ings was quiet, but I don't think we were playing necessary to his strengths. So I think that would be what I would do, but I agree. I don't think there's a there's a the snowball's chance in hell. It's what Dean Smith's going to do. I think he's going to um, I think he's going to do what Dean Smith does. He's going to go for the jugular. It's going to be another open game. They'll have a chance. We'll have a chance. And you know, without that control in midfield, we don't know what's going to happen. It could be three three three. It could be three two. But you know, there will be goals for sure um, because it's Smith ball. Well, just just speaking on Leon Bailey real quick. Was there any other Villa player that you saw that that excited you against Watford as much as Leon Bailey did? Because I th- I thought he was really really good, and I know how good he's going to be. Like I know that may saying like I have like the crystal ball, like I have a DeLorean parked outside, but I know how good he's going to be once he gets up to speed. But I think we just saw just a little bit of taste of that at Watford. Uh, his work rate's going to improve as he gets up to the physicality of the league. But I really enjoyed what I seen with his substitute appearance. I enjoyed it too. I, I would put Traore up there as well. I was really impressed with Traore. He looked like he had the eye of the tiger. He looked like he was um, he was really eager, actually, on on because he can be a little bit languid and and a little bit laxadaisical. But he seemed really up for it against Watford, and I think he was a real threat for them. Obviously, he won the penalty. He was jinking and running. I think I think both of them played really well. But yeah, with with Bailey, you can see probably he he has something a little bit different he and he it is really exciting actually i'm smiling even thinking about it but i was impressed with 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 troyore too i think we've um i think we've almost forgotten about troyore but he does definitely have weapons that can that can cause carnage in this league i agree with all of that and yeah mark i i I thought bailey was incredibly exciting very very fast looks like he wants to um wants to get get his final ball over really really quick or you know getting it and, and get chances himself he's clearly he wants to create goals he wants to score goals and um he looked like he was really trying he was really, you know he was, he was determined to make make an effort and i think when he actually beds in and relaxes as well and he's 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 just part of the team and he's not just trying to make an impression i think he will he will be uh, you know a really really important player and a really exciting player he's going to have He's going to have the fans off their seats, I think, more often than not this season. So, um, very exciting um, to have him, and I, I really hope he starts. Um, I, I th- you know, I think uh, I think we want to see it, and you know, first game for for a long time. Uh, Villa fans will be there. You know, <laughs> first time in a long time we'll, we'll be at Villa Park, but first time you know not watching uh, the uh, the the. Uh, prodigal son as as we say and uh you know he's 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 gone and hopefully bailey can can step up and give us something to um to be excited about for the future and if not him maybe buendia maybe it's his day or you know one of the other guys that can um can 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 step up and make an impact but most of all it's important we win (laughs) well it is important that we win um because two defeats back to back um you know, if you think people had a meltdown after to Watford, imagine losing to Bruce's Newcastle. You know, in the second game as well. What did you gentlemen think of uh, Danny Ings's debut? I kind of felt like he was left on an island a little bit for most of that game, but I thought he was making intelligent runs. I think he was trying to figure out exactly what 
his teammates were doing or what they're capable of doing. Um, again, I think it's just a nervy time. I think it's a nervy time for the whole side. You just had your captain leave. You got the supporters screaming out for some kind of glory, whether it be a high position in the Premier League or a trophy. I just think I just think there's a lot going on. And uh, again, I'm, I'm being patient about it, but I think Danny Ings was all right. I'm glad that he's in the squad, especially with, you know, we see what happens when Watkins gets an injury. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought he was all right. I mean, I, again, I think it's just going to be a betting period for, for a lot of these players. I wonder if um, this season is going to be um, a, a bit a bit different to last season. In that last season, we obviously went off like a train, and it all came to a grinding halt um, after Christmas. <laughs> but I wonder if this might be a little bit of the reverse of that this year, and we'll we'll grow into the season a bit more, and maybe have a stronger second half. I wonder if if that's the way things might shape up, um, you know. And hopefully, if that is the case, we don't. Um, we don't pull the trigger on Dean Smith too too soon if, if if things aren't going so well in the first half of the season. I don't know. I don't know if you've got any any thoughts on that. Well, I think the danger is that some fans had him sacked last year. You know, when we were having an unbelievable season in terms of year on year improvement. So already some of the murmurings happened after one defeat. And obviously, we have to appreciate that that Aston Villa Twitter, as as beautiful as it can be, is not necessarily what's going on in in the stadium. I don't think. Uh, you know, normally with a Villa manager, and I can't believe I've been talking about this on the first game of the season, but you know, we, we you know we are normally with a Villa manager. It's not until the crowd in the in the stadium start to uh, get a bit fidgety that um, they're under pressure. And obviously, we're nowhere near that. Nowhere near. Dean Smith has money in the bank. He's improved year on year, but. Having said that, he's going to make it a lot easier for himself. And you buy yourself time as a manager and you relieve the pressure with wins. So a victory against Newcastle, it's not a must win or anything silly like that. Let's not get carried away. But certainly it's going to um, it's going to really help Villa moving forward if, if, if we can get that win and get a little bit of momentum under, the, un, under our belts next, uh, next week against Newcastle. Yeah, maybe that's all it'll take. It'll take the boys just putting a, a hard shift in and, you know, coming up against a team like Newcastle that does work pretty hard. And you you know what you're getting when it comes to Steve Bruce. Um, maybe it just takes a win to kind of, you know, break the break the ice a little bit and get a little loose and understand like, OK, guys, we got this. We got the talent. You know, we'll get to know each other on the way. But like Andy said, if this ends up that, you know, we have a kind of a poor time and then all of a sudden take off, you know, I, I just hope that if that is the case, they get it out of their system as soon as possible. I don't think that'll be the case. I think that um, playing teams like Newcastle early in the season are going to help the squad in general as a whole get prepared and understand, you know, we're, it's not a secret anymore. It's not a secret how good Villa is. It's not a secret how good the players that have come here are or how they're going to be or their potential or their strengths and their weaknesses. It's not, it's just not a secret. So all teams are going to play Villa. They know how good they are. It, it, you're even seeing it on like really, really big programs. Like I noticed over here on NBC, they talked about, you know, the signings that Villa made or you can watch the kickoff on YouTube and those guys are talking about how good Villa is and talking like, oh, they could break into the top eight, top six. You know, if they get a run of form and they are able to transform without Jack Grealish. Again, I think there's just so much going on. There is pressure there. It's always going to be pressure when it comes to football. But I don't know. I think I think the boys will just be all right. We just got to practice a little bit of patience. But Dean Smith, not even it's not even a question in my mind. He he stays. And it's again, it's it's, Craig's right. It sounds ridiculous. It makes me feel gross. It makes me feel like I need a shower (laughs) even thinking about Dean Smith being told that he's got to go like and again with the with the whole villa twitter thing like if i see people you know quote tweet someone's like oh dean smith out or this and that after the first game i just block them i have no time for, for that mental midgetry whatsoever that, that's a, <laughs> certainly that's certainly an approach i can endorse i think uh, i think that makes makes your life on social media far more pleasurable <laughs> to get rid of that kind of toxicity um but but this is it, and 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 I suppose I I I did mention it. Um, I didn't mean to, to cause you guys any any distress, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it might be something that, that that does crop up if 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 things don't pick up. But I I still would say that you know I I I think we will grow into the season, and I think um, any kind of changes too early would 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 be. You know, I just wouldn't be for that at all. I think we we stick with stick with the plan. Um, we're not going to get relegated. 
there's no chance of that in my opinion and um you know i think we'll we'll go from strength to strength with with dean smith and craig shakespeare this season so i'm very excited about it but guys just before we finish let's have a prediction uh for the newcastle game i think um dean smith is not going to listen to little old me and uh you know try and be a little bit more pragmatic i think it's going to be an end-to-end kind of exciting game i think the fans are going to be well oiled up i think the pubs are going to be open early and the villa fans are going to be in there i wish i could be with everyone um i will just have to drink on my own on my sofa which is nothing new for me so that's good and i might i might actually go into to fully and watch it um because i'm quite excited about the first home game of the season um but anyway that's just a prediction for my personal life not the game i think there's going to be goals in this one goals 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 i think newcastle have West happens to hurt us i think we are not settled defensively um as shown you know at um, during the watford game i think that are going to need to score two or three goals to win which is never a place you want to be you want to be able to score one goal and win a game of football but i think it's going to be three two villa i think it's going to be a high scoring game and i think um we'll have enough to um the firepower to to to, to beat newcastle and i think it'll be a, a five goal thriller at the villa Love that. I, I, I love it. But for me, I just think that we're going to see what Austin McPhee brings to this coaching setup as far as a set piece coach. I don't know why I feel like we're kind of about due for like an Ezri Konsa header, or a Tyra Mings header or something like that off of a corner. Um, I think that it will be it's going to have to be a response game for Aston Villa to actually get all three points on the day. They're going to have to show a big response. They're going to kind of, uh, you know, the, the old saying, all the old cliches, they got to pull their socks up. All, all the Steve Bruceisms that we've all know to come and love. I think that's that that's what's going to to happen. They're going to just have to work hard, have a response game. So I'm going 2-1 to Aston Villa with a goal from a corner. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So we're, we're, we're feeling quite positive. I'm going to have to say I would have, if I think if we'd have got a point in the first game, I'd have, I'd have been okay with a point uh, at, for this game. But I think really we want to get, get a win on the board now. And I think we will, I think we'll win two nil. Um, I think Ings will get a couple and, uh, and it will be a lot more comfortable than um, than we think, um, and we'll be off and running. So, um, but thanks for uh, joining me again, guys, today, and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on on social media or on all the social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, so head over there and and give us a search and and give us a follow, and also obviously over on the website under gaslitlamp.com. Uh, we've got all the coverage of the first team, the women's team, and the academy setup as well. Um, and of course, if you if you like the idea of being freshly trimmed um, all over, then head over to manscaped.com uh, and use our code LAMP. That's lamp LAMP for twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping on all your products. If you're going to the game, I might see you there. I'll be there in my back in K2 for the first time in 18 months. And I absolutely can't wait. So if you see me and you recognise me, I don't know if you will. Um, yeah, come and come and give me a fist pump and uh, and uh, we'll have a, have a chat. Um, but enjoy the game and uh, we'll be back next week to review that and look ahead to the Brentford match. So until then, stay safe and up the villa.